Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. everyone this is darren from toy power podcast introducing you to episode one five two today i'm joined in frank's toy room by none other than frank oh hi, hi. ben g'day g'day and our very special guest marty hello oh, guys good to be here all right so for those who don't know marty is a very good friend of mine i've known him for what seems like far too many years yeah, about half my lifetime uh, half your lifetime <laughs> About a quarter of yours, Frank? Oh, he started well, hasn't he? Have a listen to him. (laughs) All right, Dan, you want to take us away with that? Just so we get a bit of get-to-know-you Marty questions there. Mm -hmm. So our first question is, and we ask everyone this who comes on the show, what was your favourite toy as a 10-year-old? I think think my key toy was just Lego, just an increasingly larger set of Lego. Uh, but I think I really liked the the sort of sets that had those fantasy uh, worlds to them, like uh, what were they? The undersea one, the aquanauts, oh, and yeah. the ice planet sort of stuff. I think that would have been about ten. Um, yeah, just the sort of ones with the the sort of science fictiony sort of expansion to them. So uh, not like absolutely. cars and trucks or anything. No, l- yeah. less of the world stuff, more of the like you know space vehicles. They had all the space police stuff. That cool. was great. Yeah, nice. Always good fun for world building. <laughs> Uh, your favourite movie as a 10-year-old? So I guess I'd have to say Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think as a 10-year-old, no, I think nothing else would probably come close. I think uh, after that I've sort of said, well, you know, that Star Wars is just Star Wars and I can have other favourite films. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, nothing could really beat it at that, at that point, I really think. Right. And uh, look, I know that you're uh, a bit of a gamer uh, as far as uh, what you do outside of uh, this sort of thing. Uh, so what would you say, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, what is your favourite console of all time? The actual piece of hardware. Oh, Not the game, that because that's... so hard. <laughs> um, no, I'd have to go to the Super Nintendo. That yeah. was sort of the, the console that got me into gaming quite seriously. I've collected a few. So my collection of stuff is uh, video games and video game consoles, stuff like that. So yeah, I've got uh, a variety of different Super Nintendos from around the world, like the US one and the Japanese one. Yeah. So that, I think that shows my love for that particular console. But yeah, it's just, yeah, uh, I, just things like Yoshi's Island at that sort of time and getting into JRPGs. It's just pixel art, beautiful pixel art, that sort of thing. Nice. It's a beautiful console, and, nice. and I know nostalgia colours your view, but I mean, yeah. it's still <laughs> still fun games to play from yeah. time to time, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Turtles in Time, you know, <clears throat> Batman Returns, you know, some of those <laughs> really, really hold up the Super Star Wars trilogy. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, those are good. I could, When I was playing, uh, you know, when I was younger, I could never really get past the first level. But I, it's the sort of thing where I just go read the manual, just like, crazy <laughs> amounts of detail. Like, oh, yeah, if That's I could back, only get to those later levels. Back when was, games had manuals, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. But just all those sorts of things, yeah. 
didn't believe in action replay and game genies and things like that. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I ever had access to those. They were the sort of mysterious things that friends had. <laughs> um, that their dads bought for them that I never knew about. <laughs> nice. So, in this episode, we're looking at what's been happening in the world of Star Wars, and quite a bit has been happening lately. So, first off, we're going to take a look at the Rise of Skywalker and give our review to it. May the force be with you. Why fans say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza? As you can see. Now, really interesting thing about the rise of Skywalker for for us, uh, we Frank Ben and I went with um, Dennis, um, mm-hmm. who's who's a big friend of our show, and Frank's workplace. Funnily enough, yeah. So the story. I don't know how Ben and I managed that considering <laughs> we don't work there, but we were not complaining uh, for the for the three hour runtime. You were effectively employees, right? Um, <laughs> so basically, the story goes: my boss was sort of a, he's a he's a bit of a Star Wars fan. He's got three kids. Very hard for him to get out of the house, and he's like. What if on the last on the last day of work on that Friday, which the movie would have come out on like the Wednesday beforehand, so there's only been a couple of days, he goes, "What if I buy us like a buy a whole row in the cinema and we just all go to Star Wars?" And his original plan was to obviously the people who work directly under him, myself and a handful of others, as well as other people around the whole school. Now it was one of these things that uh, I work in a predominantly uh, female sort of staff, uh, where a number of them said, "Oh, that's great, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then as we got closer and closer and as the tickets got actually purchased, they were like, oh, actually I can't. And oh, I'm going to be in Melbourne and all sorts of stuff. So we ended up with a few spare seats and my boss was like, look, tickets are paid for. You know anybody? And he just sort of looked straight at me. I'm like, I've got you covered. It's all good. Like, <laughs> I can think of a few people who would yeah. be keen. So um, yeah, so we all went to uh, to go see it together, which was which was cool. That was awesome. That was, yeah, really cool. I, I think... I'll be honest. I wasn't going to go see this film at, uh, at the cinema. I was going to wait, uh, but uh, the the invitation to go with friends and to make a bit of a night of it yeah. was extremely entertaining, and uh, I'm glad I went. So <laughs> I had and the luck we of had quite a, sorry. sorry, I was going to say I had the luck of going to see it with Frank when he saw it the second time. <laughs> like two but that means that like every yeah, you know, what happened before it happened. <laughs> no, no, he was very kind. Um, but just being able to every time something interesting happened I'd just go <gasps> look over at Frank and he's just sort of nodding at me sagely <laughs> like um, yeah so we both saw that <laughs> excellent well look we might start with some uh, some of the box office numbers uh, now I believe uh, opening weekend it did 177 million from what I understand and the last time I checked I think it was yesterday that the total gross worldwide is up over the half a billion dollar mark so 500 million so uh, as with projects of this size they rarely release the budget figures as to how much they've actually spent on the movie but I think it's pretty safe to say it's made bank um, <laughs> so yeah be, I think Disney would be uh, pretty happy with that I think they'd be delighted on the way here I was reading an article that said that it was holding legs better than than the last jedi the last jedi had a 58 percent drop off by this this time time. in its cycle when it opened this one's only had a 27 percent drop okay by comparison so i think disney would be pretty happy with that Mm. well speaking of some more numbers just some of the uh and again we don't we're not married to these stats as far as 
uh, they don't speak a lot, but I think I think it's always interesting to see from a higher level. Uh, as far as your Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic, which is usually the big sort of three, it's got a 55% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that's from the critics. Interestingly, the audience score is 86%. So the critics went, and the audience went, what are you talking about? We love it. So it's very interesting there. IMDb give it a 7 out of 10. And Metacritic, which is traditionally very harsh uh, on their rankings, comes in at 54 out of 100. So, yeah, just a bit of context there. I think that's really interesting because the last era was in reverse. The critics loved that. That was very much the critical darling of Star Wars. And the fan reaction was, you know... In the toilet, very. By, comparison. <laughs> by comparison, in terms of numbers, very you know, and the audience it. just didn't want to. This is just seems to have reversed itself. Disney would say that's the way to do it, though, because at the end of the day, do you care about who pays or who reviews? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we might just hit a. Um, let's just go. We'll talk a little bit spoiler-free in case you're one of the uh, three people on the planet who <laughs> haven't seen this movie just yet. And then we'll sort of go, put a big spoiler warning and, and go hell for leather. So just as a bit of a general thing, the performances. Was there any sort of standouts? You, you obviously Ray, Finn, Poe. Uh, there was some new characters like Zori. Um, uh, Lando was obviously in there. Uh, yeah, so anybody, anything, anything jump out to anyone? Well, I was really happy to see Billy Dee Williams back. Yep. The stories for a long time were that he, he wasn't back because he hasn't been in the best of health. And... And I've seen pictures online of him at Comic Cons, and he's, depending on when and what's been happening, he's either been on a walking stick or in a wheelchair. Yeah. So I thought it was terrific that he was, first of all, well enough to do it, and second of all, I thought in every scene he was in, he was just awesome. thought he carried enough presence. There was talk that he was supposed to be in Last Jedi, but it's exactly to your point, he was a bit sort of not with it or not being able to sort of keep up with the pace of it. And he seemed like... Lando, we remember, but with wrinkles, really. Like, mm. he was, yeah, had enough pre- on screen presence, I think. I think his presence was awesome in the sense that it tied the trilogy back, it tied this film back to the trilogy yeah. and, and yeah. to Solo to a certain extent. So, yeah. it helps build universe building yeah. with one character just featuring, sure. you know, without, without obviously Chewbacca and R2D2 and all those other characters. Yeah. So, it's someone we haven't seen for a while, and mm. it's, yeah, it was welcomed. For me, the standout was C-3PO. Yeah, like he had, oh, that's, that was my vote as well. Yeah, he yeah. had some of the best lines, and as a character who I found particularly in the prequels, he just annoyed me. Very and maybe that was the writing mm-hmm. uh, or those movies in general. But this one, I was, you know, when I saw he was forever trooping around with the main cast of characters like oh here we go and I'm like do you know what I found myself laughing and just sort of mm. waiting oh wait he's going to say something here and um, he was it was a bit of a standout again one of those characters who's been in I think just about every every, yeah, every movie yeah. to, to tie it all together so. pretty much yeah. everything except Solo and yeah, even Rogue cameos in Rogue One oh, yeah. Okay. yeah he has yeah. one line with R2 right right. so any sort of like yeah. high level sort of generally speaking without sort of giving plots <laughs> or spoilers away what did what did we think uh, Marty we might start with you yeah uh, I think I just had fun with it I think uh, well maybe I can go into a better backstory because I was such a Star Wars fan I was the sort of person who collected and read the books and eventually got into the comic books and things like that, Mm. all the expanded universe stuff. And then when that sort of got nixed, got decanonized when the new films were about to come out, uh, I sort of lost my love for Star Wars a bit. Um, 
So, you know, I was lost a lot of my energy because I've been keeping up. So I think since then, it's, it's sort of been slowly coming back as uh, something I can be interested in. And how, how can I ca- how can I be interested in this new sort of universe, which isn't quite, you know, it doesn't match what they had in the books, mm. but there's some overlaps, you know, all those sorts of things. You've always got it in the back of your head. So I think my big thing is just going, well, it's, it's different and it's fun and mm. uh, it's... Uh, you know, got some fun performances. You get to see some uh, interesting ac- action sequences. Uh, do stuff a little bit differently than you were anticipating, and some of the sort of powers and uh, scenes that you see. I was, uh, I didn't look for too many trailers for this one, mm. so I really came in not knowing much at all. Um, so I think I just really had fun with it. You know, big explosions, space battles, all that sort of stuff with uh, good character drama and it was a good bit of humor this time yes. i think they hit the right right sort of humor balance you know not one comedic character they had uh, a good you know the good central cast bouncing off one another good layers um yeah so i think that that's really what i took from it i think i you know i could get into nitty-gritty of some little things that still just make your eye my eye twitch a little <laughs> bit when they do things like you know burst into uh, uh, light speed and uh oh, in atmosphere, atmosphere. That, <laughs> that, number one of, thing that annoyed me just those sorts of little things i think so i think the big difference is like the original films they were like a military drama and they're all very correct i think these films are more like what would be the most fun What's going to look cool? What's going to look cool? Yeah. You know, let's uh, have somebody, you know, a ship running towards a person, you know, those sorts of things. Um, that was in the trailer, so not too much of a spoiler. Um, you know, what's what's going to be the most exciting, even though it's maybe a little bit ridiculous uh, or, you know, doesn't, doesn't match into the more traditional Star Wars perception. But they've always got to expand the boundaries. Like mm. Star Wars is always about um, doing something that's current and, um, you know, uh, like all the books were always uh, expanding on what was current at the time when Goosebumps books were big mm. they had the galaxy of fear type of things which seem very corny now but they're always trying to and very much like you know, I'm sure some of the listeners are comic book fans and so the way that they're playing with multiple timelines at the same time yeah. you know Star Wars was playing with the distant past along with the current times or the future and they're always just sort of expanding stuff a little bit so mm. yeah I think just trying to enjoy it as a fun action film I think yeah. for me with with a, a little bit of connection to stuff I loved in past nice Darren what about is there any uh, high level non-spoilery sort of stuff um, I I really liked really liked all the performances you know we touched on on Lando and that but obviously the, the, there's always a big thrill when you're seeing characters that you grew up with from your childhood so yep. so things that heroes or icons from your childhood Three PO, I agree, was a standout. You know, even just you know Chewie and R two, and just having those characters back, and and obviously um, Luke and Leia, um, you know, were were great at what what they were. I thought, as far as standout performances, I, obviously Daisy Ridley was really good, but I think Adam Driver really gave mm. his best performance of the three that Kylo Ren's in in yep. this film. That that was my my mm. sense anyway that he didn't and I just think he did a phenomenal job of what is a very complex character Ben uh, for me I was sort of like looking at it objectively like I enjoyed it I didn't certainly didn't love it though the more I thought about it I'm like well what happened there and 
that as the force jump thing really, really ticked me off. <laughs> like, I just think that was just ridiculous writing. Uh, I um, I liked Ray uh, in the sense that I thought her she was so um, destined to, you know, she had her plan to get from A to B and yep. nothing was going to stop her, right? Every, all the other stuff was just background drama mm. in her opinion. Um, I, I sort of don't rate it that high because I think what what else has come out recently that's been the pinnacle of all the films and you think Endgame right mm. yeah and now mm. it's it's difficult to compare Star Wars with Endgame but you kind of have to because this is the ninth film yeah. from the Star Wars series that wraps the entire series up and then you look at Endgame and that's 10 years of film and Endgame did it perfectly you know mm. had all their pawns in the right place and did the perfect ending and I just felt Star Wars left too many questions out there, and okay. in my opinion, yeah, I'm one yeah. of those guys on the internet that uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't like it, and uh, you know can't just sit back and enjoy it. So I apologise. I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. that's all right. Yeah, it's all right. That guy needs representation yeah. on this show too. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to not like something, but yeah. it's, it's actually having a reason behind it. Behind of course. Like, oh, you ruined my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those are the fans that really. No, I don't sound like that, Frank. <laughs> I, I just, I just think I'm. Uh, more nostalgic for the older stuff yeah, and I don't, haven't haven't passionately thought Kylo Ren was the ultimate bad guy ever I, th- I think he's just a you know a bully that somehow got the force power behind him and yeah. just just went around on a rage rampage you know <laughs> I just yeah he didn't he, I didn't warm to the characters yeah. like I, I warmed to Leia Luke Darth Vader all those sure. other characters so yeah yeah, sure. I'll agree with probably most of um, what sort of Darren and, and Marty were saying. I, I I had fun with it, you know. At the end of it, there was a, a couple of real, real genuine laughs and like a "oh, they did that" sort of moment. And I came away with a smile on my face. Yes, there was probably if you think about the science behind it, the the you know jumping in and out of hyperspace. Okay, that's not how that's supposed to work. But we're talking about a world where light swords are an actual thing, right? So I. <laughs> Uh, and sci-fi is really good slash bad at taking something that should be fun and analysing it. And if that's your thing, great. But if it ruins the thing for you, then are you a fan in the first place type thing? Anyway, um, look, I had fun with it. I, I Seeing it twice in two days, I think, really helped and sort of sort of some of the, the more the- thematic things that were hidden behind all, all the action and the scenes. That was... There's a few things that jumped out at me second time around that I didn't notice before. So, um, yeah, no, really, really good fun. Um, is that enough dancing around the, yeah. the obvious? <laughs> I think so. Uh, there's not much more we can say without getting into this. Exactly. Be, being a film that is sort of wrapping up uh, close to 40, 42 years or something, as far yeah. as when the first one came out. Um, to Ben's point, that was my sort of heading into it for for the listeners there we are heading into spoilers i'll have the big spoiler warning in here so if you haven't seen it uh, i'm not going to say stop listening but just pause it until after you've come back exactly from the that's exactly <laughs> right so um yeah so look for me i think the overall of, of did it stick the landing type thing because to ben's point exactly right how do you try and put a neat bow on this thing that has meant mm. so much so much to so many people uh, around the world and yeah there were some threads they left deliberately unpulled and stuff and I think what I I feel overall that it did it rather well there was enough little like nods to uh, the one that really jumped out to me was hey Chewie I've got something for you and it's it's his medal right <laughs> that, that yes. felt That's... forced though that felt like what, what, it was so I mean, good you know, though yeah it was yes. good and it was welcomed but it's like 
there was no context to it. Like, there's mm. an, I, I don't know. There wasn't enough depth to it. See, it's like, it was, oh, by the way, uh, mate, you know, we're, we're celebrating that here's your medal. You know? like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a wink to camera. Exactly. Like, I yeah. think that yeah. when we start talking about Mandalorian, I think there's a few. Yeah, so there's, like, there's a lot of yeah. winks to camera. Yeah, yeah. But, so, you know. That's yeah. not a bad thing, though. <laughs> yeah. If it takes you out of the world, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, it was awesome. Yeah. Fan you know, service is only a problem yeah, if you're not a fan. Yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> true. Yeah. So no, look, I thought it was it was really good. Um, the surprise moment for me, and I don't know about you guys, uh, seeing Han Solo rock back in. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, that was the biggest surprise of the film for me because we all knew that Harrison Ford has long since he's been done, wasn't he? Was, yeah, mm. he's, he wanted to be done in Return of the Jedi. In fact, yeah. there, was, <laughs> there was ifs and, ifs and buts about whether or not he'd be back for Return of the Jedi because he was only contracted to two. Oh. And and that's why the whole Carbonite thing, thing happened, happened yeah, in case right. they couldn't, in case George couldn't, couldn't get him to come back. The story goes yeah. that George Lucas sold him on coming back on the promise that he would have a heroic death in Return of the Jedi. Oh. And then... George Lucas changed, changed George his Lake. mind no. because he decided there would be it would uh, there would be less action figure sales for Han Solo action <laughs> figures if he died. So that, that's the story. I've seen that in a number of documentaries. So so is. To yeah, me, they're incredibly interesting. Yeah, I remember um, Harrison Ford. I think it was in a camera interview. He's just talking about, you know, he, he's got no mummy. He's got no mama. He's got no papa. It's time for him to go. You know, there needs to be some sort of martyr for this rebellion. It just sort of, you know, but everything falls neatly into place. But yeah, so yeah, super interesting that he appeared in there. I do wonder, I'm not sure if you guys have read anything, but I was imagining it's because. Uh, Carrie Fisher yes, might not have been just available. about to say that. Yeah. Um, you sort yeah, of got to wonder if they didn't, though, that was Carrie Fisher's role was going to be the one to help yeah. turn Kylo back to the good. And then when that didn't happen, they've gone to Harrison Ford and gone, look, okay. this is why we know you said <laughs> yeah, you're they, done. Uh, we, yeah. just, but, we just back up this truck of money. Well, that's yes. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I also yeah. think he might have been so, a lot softer to the idea because they'd given him what he wanted in The Force Awakens. He, he had his heroic yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah, and. You know, why not do this one little scene, yep. which mm. that's all it is. They're not asking him to 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 lead the cast for the entire film. Yeah, and and, think... and tie, help tie it up. And I thought the scene was incredibly moving. Mm. Yeah, obviously it's got a context around the fact that that Carrie Fisher's passed away as well, and mm. and, and Leia's death's been written in into the film as well. But incredible, incredibly moving. Obviously, it's an imaginary scene, you know. Um, Kylo or Ben is imagining his father there, but you know, when you consider that he, the conflict and the guilt that he would have carried around yeah. over what he did in the Force Awakens, I, I thought it was incredibly moving. I love yeah. that bit where he's. You can, I don't know if he's already thrown the lights. No, he hasn't thrown the lights over at this point. But he, he's basically. You can see it just in his face that he's he's made that turn. He's like. You know, and he just goes, Dad. And what I picked up second time around was he was about to say, Dad, I love you. He doesn't get that far. He just says, Dad. And then he just goes, I know. And I'm like, I Oh, know, I know. I did, right. notice, I did notice so that good. The first time, and that was so magically written. Yeah. I think it was, it was really nice that they got to, because obviously they would have had to, you know, write up a new scene, but I think they did a beautiful uh, mirroring 
of the original, you know, sort of death scene of Han Solo. Yeah, like, okay, on the face, hot, all those sorts yep. of, you know, I don't know if I have the strength to do this. Yep. And just, you know, for, just brings to mind like when what they had to do when uh, the Oracle died in the Matrix series <laughs> and just how they tried to over, ride over that. And they yep. just did, it felt a little bit ham-fisted. But I just thought this, you know, in, in a few years' time, we won't notice the bumps. Yep. It'll just seem to make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Speaking of the whole Carrie Fisher thing, as far, there was obviously well publicised that they were reusing shots from yeah. from the Force Awakens. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was looking for it to sit, to try and find the cracks. It felt pretty seamless. It felt yeah. very very so, seamless. Personally. I was expecting it not to. Yeah, uh, because I remember hearing you know JJ's using CZ shot for the Force Awakens and what thinking. Well, how's that going to relate to this story? Yeah, mm. it's not. But I thought they, they did a great job with how they were able to, to do that. And it didn't seem contrived or forced. It seemed mm, no. it to be a natural connection to the plot to the, this particular this film. film. Yeah. And, and I liked it a lot. I, I, I thought they, they did her proud. and Because it would have felt very strange not having her in, in this particular one and then trying to wrap up. Mm. Yeah, that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was wonderful. I reckon they really learned a lesson as well from now. Which one was it? It was the end of Rogue One. Of like, okay, well, you know, Carrie's not around anymore. Let's see, Jared. Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, there was that. There was that very brief CG scene of young yeah, Mark Hamill. Was, no, yeah. oh, no, no, no. She was yeah. worse. Leia was worse yeah. than Mark Hamill. See, like, I think yeah. Mark Hamill was spot on. Yeah. Like, yeah. The second was, time around, yeah, I was. I knew it was coming, and I'm like, yeah. all right, Mark Hamill. I couldn't fault it. Leia still looked it a bit terrible. off for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, in the same way that Rogue One looked a little bit plasticky with her young Carrie Fisher. But Mark Hamill, I was like, oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you get a sense yeah. after looking at um, what they were able to do with Rogue One, particularly Grand Moff Tarkin and Peter yep. Cushing, yeah. that perhaps Lucasfilm or, or Disney have mastered males above females in, in terms of the CGI because yeah, it seems to be a problem, yeah. at least with Leia, across yeah. more than one film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's Peter Cushing uh, yeah. or Grand Moff Tarkin, I thought, in Rogue One looked excellent and he had a very large role yeah and and that was like 2016 that that you so, know that's yeah, going back makes, a few years too but makes you wonder what it is it's the, it makes it hit and miss yeah just, it does carry, that that age Carrie Fisher is just simply too beautiful to try to <laughs> honestly like, yeah. she's just too good looking like, <laughs> you can't, can't recreate done. that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did we think of some of the uh, the new characters? Was it Zori Zori Blix or whatever her name was? The yeah. she seemed uh, honestly. Ali turned to me. So this is the um, like Poe's love interest yep. who's on the yep. planet and stuff. Yep. And yep. Ali turned to me after she'd been on screen for about thirty seconds and goes, it, "It's a Power Ranger." Yeah. Poe's got the hots for a Power Ranger. What's going on? Like... She didn't. Uh, I like how she didn't take her helmet off. Though. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, that was cool. cool. But you know, back in is it episode one or episode two where that that bounty hunter comes and yeah. shoots it? Or she looked, she looked very point, similar yeah. to that. She did. Didn't she? Yeah, yeah, a bit. I no, guess. I'm not that I'm trying to connect the two. I'm no, just no, saying no. like the color like, schemes. Yeah. And no, the, they um, did look yeah. very similar. So yeah. similar when I saw the action figure uh, advertised before I saw the film. For the Black Series line, I thought, oh, that's the character from Attack She's of the Clients. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I read it and I'm like, to be featured in Rise of Skywalker, oh, no, it's a new character. Yeah. But, but I thought they were just making that figure based on the Attack of the Clients character. Yeah. So we're going to have to speed through this a little bit because we do have another uh, <laughs> Star Wars another review. review. 
Um, anything that sort of uh, you sort of alluded to, Ben, you, did, you had some issues yep. with it. What yep. so sort of the negatives? Ra- racing through, I felt the ultra fast storyline at the start. It, it was, was very choppy. Yeah. I felt Knights of Ren wasted opportunity. I, I want those but, figures though. They yeah. look cool as. <laughs> but who did they serve? Did they serve Ren or did they serve the Empire? So the Knights of Ren uh, serving the Empire. Point. Cause they, they, the Emperor yeah. at the end. Um, countless fate death moments. I got a bit sick and tired of all the fate deaths. Uh, <laughs> now, this is pity, but this is mean. Not enough aliens. Oh, too many homo sapiens. Yeah, fair all enough. Right. Fair enough. Um, too much traveling planet's planet. Like I, I got lost where I was, yeah. right? Mm. Um, crowd of Emperor Palpatine. Were, were they just yeah. little bobbleheads or were they actually people? <laughs> they were just or apples on sticks they, or with robes on their heads. Were they, you know, holograms or were they, yeah. you know, what were they? Um, Ray kissing Ben that was disgusting yes I agree disgusting. I, I don't think it was needed I saw them they're up close and you're just like don't do yeah. it don't do yeah. it oh yeah. you did it I felt, I felt the um, uh, last order was almost too powerful with planet destroying weaponry mm-hmm. on each uh, ship every I just, ship you know yeah. you've got a planet that powers this gun and now you've got it on every star destroyer they're like it just did uh, where did all the millions of crew come from to command the last order fleet the million love triangles going on, like, you know. The what? The million, million love triangles. Love triangles. Who was? Who was? You know, like um, when uh, um, they just there's just so many love triangles going yeah. on. Everyone. everyone wants to shag each other. <laughs> it just it just got a bit. <laughs> who, like, who, okay, who are you talking about? Here? So you, you got. Um, Were you watching Rise of Skywalker or an episode of No, no, no. <laughs> you, You've got um, what's the black guy? The uh, Finn. Finn. You got yep. Finn's like you know when he's going through the uh, mud and okay. things he's like reaching out to Ray Poe wants to go with Ray yeah. Ray's going with Ben you know it's just it's just all this you know that, that um, Ray is an awfully attractive young woman you know that <laughs> well there, there, there'd be no shortage of there, men wanting to go with there was a story yeah. that came out in the media that basically um, Oscar Isaac the actor who played Poe and he was pushing for a Poe and Finn romance yeah, like I've there's, heard that there's scenes like right at the end where there's you know they've all won and they're all celebrating they're scanning the crowd they look at each other and they make and you, you could almost hear the chariots of fire as they're running <laughs> slow motion to each other like and he just goes yeah he goes we really pushed for that Disney said no essentially right. like okay. yeah. <laughs> big shock um, yeah. the Death Star compass when they line it up in the uh, horizon yeah that was a uh, bit hard to swallow that the degradation would stay intact up many years later <laughs> right? um, the flight path to the Sith world the larger ships could not get through those past those meteorites they just they just you know yeah um, uh, Peo becoming general off screen I think that is a storyline in itself who? Poe, uh, po, po, yeah, po. becoming general off screen. Uh, so he's just la- automatically Leia passes away. Yep. Oh, by the way, you, you know, general. <laughs> general like, yeah. Um, Lando and Stormtrooper girl entertaining a new adventure together. And we just talked about uh, Billy D. Williams. Oh, you know, yeah, that not, was weird, wasn't not, it? Not, uh, you know, going to be back or, uh, you know, I just thought that was like, why entertain the fact that you're going to go on an adventure together? When you, there's vast age difference, it, it's sort of yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like one to... of those another love triangle that is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, force power healing, like you know, in the peak of the Jedi strength in Episode One, why didn't Anakin Skywalker, um, uh, you know, force heal Qui Gon after Darth Maul? It was cut in half. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my biggest thing was yeah. the the warp speed. I hate I, that. That really ticked me off the yeah, most. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now flipping it round to the things I really liked. Yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren's uh, rewelded helmet. Like I thought yeah, that was, that was so that, cool. from yeah. a visual point of view. That yeah, was that sick. looked cool. Uh, C3PO was uh, really funny. 
flashback to Leia training. I thought that was wicked yeah. because showing her that she has some, you know, yes. Jedi powers yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. That sort of um, um, helped the last Jedi as well because yeah. that was obviously one of our biggest issues with um, that. Dark Ren. Simply amazing. I wanted to see so much more of her. Yeah, I knew, and that's a funny thing because they used that shot in some of the promos, and people went, "Oh my god, she turns to the dark yeah. side." I'm like, "It's going to be a, 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 you know, a going through the swamp moment." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's I a, thought that too. It's a dream yeah. sequence of yeah. some sort. It's exactly what it was. Uh, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Palpatine's mechanical attachments. That, so that, cool. That was very Hellraiser. <laughs> yes. You know, to me, I, I freaking love that. Yeah. Um, new color scheme: the troops on the last order shoot uh, ships. Uh, red and black is always a win in my books. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Ren's new style lightsaber at the end. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Marty. The, um, she pulls yeah. out an orange one at the end. Is there yeah. any significance to that? Uh, there's always arguments about lightsaber colors because George or uh, George Lucas always said no. They're always got to be blue and green. And then I think uh, Mace Windu Mace ended up with a pink one. Yeah. yeah, Samuel Jackson ended up with a purple one because he said, "I want a purple one." Um, <laughs> and you can't say no to him. Um, so and you know through the expanded universe and stuff like that, there have always been various colors, but. I don't know. Maybe I was thinking of it as a symbolic thing, showing this is a new era, a yeah. new age, yeah. that we're having something new, something different. And it was, yeah. and it, like the switch was up right at the top. It was different to yeah, sort of spin switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's like halfway between red and green, you know, whether mm. we're saying something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I took from mm. it. Yeah, and the, one of the coolest things, the force link in battle between Ren and Kylo. So you know the passing of the oh, lightsaber. That was so well done. Cutting, <laughs> cutting things, and you know the balls would fall down from the uh, sugar bag or whatever it was. Uh, you know, and she'd see them, and then oh, he eventually yep. sees that you know You're hey, on that's my, my ship. that's yeah. my uh, Darth Vader's helmet. So yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, something we hadn't seen before, and mm. uh, sort of made sense for their building connection over the uh, trilogy of films. Yep. So. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, as much as I didn't like, there were definitely things I did like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we sort of got to move on to our next segment in just a little bit. But do you, the the question that I kept going into was, did it stick the landing? Do you think did it pay enough homage to the franchise? Was it was the fan service appropriate? Yeah, I think? for me it was. Yeah, for me it took. Uh, some of my favourite things about the original trilogy and some very iconic things from the original trilogy and it took some of the, the better things from the prequel trilogy yep. as well as taking obviously from this trilogy yep. but you know I've made no mistake of the fact that I think Palpatine was one of the the best story devices of the prequel trilogy mm. and that part of that is the performance of um, Ian McDermott Uh so going back down to that whole Darth Plagueis and you know cheating, cheating death, death and stuff yeah. and paying homage to that, which I think is one of the most powerful scenes of the prequel trilogy. I think was just a masterstroke of bringing it all all together and making it feel like mm. one giant story. Yeah. You know, one three different three act plays, whatever you you however you want to describe it. Mm. Yeah. And I thought that for me was was really cool and will stick in my mind. I think it. It addressed most of my concerns with The Last Jedi. Most of the things that I, I came away feeling uncomfortable about, it either addressed them or re- or outright repudiated them. Yeah, that was the, the one thing that sort of got me, particularly on the first viewing, was I dug the concept in The Last Jedi where they straight up said, who raised parents? Nobody. Move on. And I thought, and I know that, that mm. gets the ire of a lot of fans and stuff, 
But the concept of you have to be related to somebody to be important in the Star Wars universe just drives me bananas, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me there are only two families who matter in this huge galaxy of planets. And the fact that she is literally a, uh, a what's a, a, not a grifter, a drifter, um, just scavenger. A scavenger. Yeah, that's mm. the, they keep trying to emphasize you're a scavenger, you're nobody, and yet she ultimately saves the day. The fact that she was related to Palpatine, I just sort of went... Ah, uh, okay. I, I felt like that was a real slap in the face to Last Jedi, which I've got to be honest. I kind of liked that. Um, not not necessarily because I thought it was a slap in the face to Last Jedi, but I like I liked the moral of the story that who you're related to doesn't define who you are. Like, yes. Palpatine is they, they, a really bad guy. He's like the worst of the worst. Yeah. And Ray is ultimately the hero of this trilogy. So I yeah. like that whole, you I, know, you, you are your own person kind of. True. Moral. I think for me that ties into the escalation and how do you actually do something beyond episode six that's meaningful. Mm. Yes. Like, you know, we got to the end of episode six and somebody who is on the dark side can come back to being good and have a redemption. Okay. In this one we had a redemption as well. Um, but yeah, for me the more meaningful thing is it's sort of like, okay, but even somebody who is uh, the offspring of the ultimate evil person in the galaxy can sort of say, no, I'm going to take on the mantle. You know, I'm going to become a, a Skywalker and be a force of good. And I like you that. Know? So. And yeah, for me that helped with the, the larger book ending. And yeah, that sense of, you know, how do you have escalation beyond the, the self-contained first you know, episode four, five, and and, and mm. that broader definition of family for me, it really touched yeah. on that. You know, the, yes, you've got your biological family, and that is one definition of family. But for a lot of people in society, there's a broader definition: people that yeah. are that are fostered or adopted, or or people that have drifted from their own biological mm. family and and become close closer to other people. For me, that sort of sold that really nicely. It also yeah. continued the Skywalker name that because Luke didn't have children and yep. and and you know i, I kind of for me i dug that that mm. that spoke to me yep. in a way that that it probably wouldn't have if she hadn't done that i thought that was a really powerful statement she made yep. not just by denouncing palpatine but by embracing the skywalker because at first i thought when kylo made the turn i was like ah that's the title of the movie rise of skywalker yeah. right and yep. then i went uh-huh. and then when they did that you know my name is ray skywalker i was like huh like I wasn't expecting that, and so to do it on Tatooine too. Yeah, um, it was for a me very, that was that was yeah. perfect. Um, it's a nice little sign off. Yeah, it was because obviously that was such a big part of a New Hope in particular, and the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and and that so for me, yeah, to sort of bring it back to where those two trilogies began, very cool. Nice. <laughs> All right, we uh, sort of let's move on. I reckon to uh, Mandalorian now. This is the mm. other part of our uh, epic uh, Star Wars review episode. Uh, a couple of numbers here for you. Obviously, you know, sort of box office gross numbers for this sort of thing. But on Rotten Tomatoes, we are looking at a solid 94%, 7.8 on IMDb, and 69 out of 100 on Metacritic. Generally, pretty well received. Uh, again, we're just bugger the spoiler warning. If you've made it this far, <laughs> then you've obviously seen Star Wars, you've seen Mandalorian. We're just going to go straight into it. So. Uh, ben, you got any thoughts you want to no, uh, share? This is this is my jam and butter. I, I freaking, I, Who I has jam it. and butter? Oh, whatever. Someone does. Someone does, and they love it. And that's what I'm basically uh, I I freaking love this. Uh, everything about it. Uh, you know, 
Boba Fett was always that mysterious character mm-hmm. and not tapping into the Boba Fett character itself, but, you know, launching his, his culture. Own, yeah, yeah, the culture mm-hmm. and the lore and then making it so that he's, uh, you know, like an up-and-coming character. He's not born of blood and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that's cool. So then, therefore, it's more of a tribe, so they've got their own rules and things yep. and, you know, the fact that he never takes off his helmet, you know, he does once. But, yep. uh, yeah, I, I, I love all those little rules and things. This um, is the way. <laughs> all the side missions and stuff. Uh, of course, uh, Baby Yoda's the the big... Uh, He's the star know, of the show, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> and I, I have to admit, before I saw The Mandalorian, because we didn't get it for a week or two uh, in Australia, mm. I saw it on Facebook, right? And I just, I, I'm just scrolling through Facebook and I saw a Baby, a, a baby Yoda. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, whatever, someone's fan creation or whatever. Yeah. I never thought it was going to be... You know, yeah. I never never put the two together until I saw the uh, end scene the of the thing, and yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" I never knew I needed to see a Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they're so clever with Baby Yoda that they're getting girls involved. You know, yeah. like yes. fans. Smart. They're getting kids uh, fans. You yeah. know, everyone mm. wants. My wife will sit down and watch Mandalorian, not because she's a Star Wars fan at all. But because she's just so Baby impressed Yoda. with Baby Loot. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. my mum was the same. She, she really would prefer not to take Star Wars, but she just, you know, <laughs> Baby Yoda's just so cute. Yeah, yeah it's so for, for our generation now, we're shifting into, like, we are now the parent, parent generation. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I know quite a few you know, people of our, we've got, like, young kids and young kids coming. And so it, it sort of puts us in that space. It's, okay, we're. Uh, can you still be a cool adventurer even if you have to be the dad <laughs> uh, you know you gotta fix you gotta get the stroller gotta do all that sort of thing you can't just leave it on the but, ship but, but you got Bluetooth uh, now you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me that that's sort of where it, it twigs in it's just oh, okay yeah you know you can still be a cool dad yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's been a lot of comparisons to some of the um i know marty you said even the like seven samurai or the um yeah. the real uh, lone, lone wolf, wolf type stuff yeah, yeah exactly that, that's what jumps to mind for me just a whole bunch of yeah seven samurai your jimbo it's uh well just jumping into the sort of thoughts i had with, yeah. mm, go for it. it's you know star wars has always been great when it's nostalgically riffing on other genres you know the original film was like a cross between a uh, war film and you know with all the the uh, like 1940s air raid battle type sequences along with uh, a western and also a, a samurai film and, the you old know, movie serials yeah you know yeah. all that sort of, yeah with the the opening crawl all that sort of stuff and the Mandalorian really just shows up okay we we're doing a western that's it's very much as well got that that samurai element to it so yeah you see all and you know why it made so much sense for the seven samurai to be turned into uh, the Magnificent Seven is, you know, yeah, they've got these small communities, you've got these outlaws, mm-hmm. you've got adv- exciting storytelling that you can have in these sort of spaces and they become analogues to one another. So let's just wrap it in uh, a Star Wars, uh, you know, wrapper and uh, it just becomes so much more fun, you know, replace uh, horses with speeder bikes and, mm-hmm. you know, pistols with laser guns and, you know, you're there and... Yeah. Um, yeah, so just getting to see basically all those uh, Akira Kurosawa plots, you know, there, there was the classic Seven Samurai. Okay, people are coming in to destroy the village. I think there were two samurai in this version, <laughs> but, you know, always good to see those stories come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and he, and he wasn't invincible. You know, yes. there were multiple mm. times hits. where he got, he got knocked to the ground, and uh, you know, even by the Jawas, he got overpowered by uh, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that crawler thing of Jawas, and he's just sitting there like thinking, "What am I doing? Like, you know, <laughs> is this really worth it?" You know, I just I just thought it was great because it was relatable, and mm. and the progression of his armor throughout the series, yep. his uh, uh, um, weapons and things from the throwbacks to the cartoon. Uh, the, the, yes, the, yeah, the uh, Christmas holiday. Yeah special yeah. with the trident type thing and yeah. yeah they're very knowing about it because i think in that first sequence as well the guy who's desperately trying to get out of trouble mentions that he wants to get back to his family by life day which is what they had in the christmas right. special yes. as christmas yeah, you know, yeah that was, was christmas that was, um, so, you know, yeah. yeah some serious i think we were saying earlier some serious winks to camera yeah, yeah. um oh, it's good fun we, you know the, we, we must review the holiday special one day that <laughs> must no, be a toy no, no we don't have to no, do that i'm ever. so much of a star wars fan i've never watched yeah. it uh, <laughs> in, the, um, in the second or third episode they uh, pan past a fire and they're um, you know roasting a roasting. Uh, yeah. from you know, yeah that's carrying, it yeah. I thought, and monkey lizard guy is yeah. getting yeah. I'm like if that was sentient well, yeah. never mind roll with it the, um, uh, is it ATST that yep. yeah, ATST, that, yeah. that was a true fear uh, yeah. You know, fearful creature like a uh, you know this mysterious things coming out of the woods, and it had the red eyes. It was a horror was show, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. it was shot like a horror film, and it was it was like you know in the other films they've got lots lot more power behind them and lot more mechs and things, mm. so they mm. could overtake one of them. But this time it's like yeah, we, we've only got little rounds. guns, you know. Mm. We, we no chance, we stand no chance against it, and it was mm. it was cool. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that uh, and they've been increasingly doing, I think as well uh, for the the other film. The uh, use of the mouth Ralph McQuarrie style of this more bleak uh, sort of setup, and you really see it in the the closing imagery that they have for the man. Yeah, yes, artwork. like the artwork, the artwork yeah. is amazing, and you can sort of you know they were the production artwork. But um, if you go back and look at the Ralph McQuarrie stuff, some of the the posing, the way uh, uh, characters are laid out on screen, the way that the the buildings are drawn, very lots of similarities. I had good fun. I went to the um, exhibition when I was in. Sydney and they had some of the originals which are amazing to see up close cool. and yeah. they just have that that sense of bleakness which mm. I think maybe matches in with some of the more uh, the darkness in the superhero films that they may be bringing in it's got a different flavour yep. more Dune-like oh, I yeah, guess yeah, 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 you're going to cool. see that soon um, but yeah so I think that seriously came through in just the shots of Mandalorian I was saying to Frank you're like man this has got some serious vignette you know they've got the, the fluffy corners going on yep um, so just yeah the the visuals in that way and just the you know pretty much every planet's a desert planet <laughs> and everything's yeah. very worn down so it's it's a and because it's lower production I think you get uh, a more of a traditional feel it yes. feels yeah. more couldn't, like couldn't agree yeah. those yeah. Um, the original films I think that sort of works you've, you've got a freedom mentally to just take a step back and go okay it's a TV show I'm not you know but it, it's also it's not saddled with the legacy of, of yes. um, being yeah. part of a new trilogy that connects to the old or, yes. or something yeah. like that. It can be its own thing. Yeah. Well, and I, I lapped up anything with IG, the IG... Um, IG-11. Yeah, IG-11, <laughs> yeah. Just, he was so good. cool. Just the way he moves and flips around yeah. and everything. It was just fantastic. I think, yeah, I, I was trying to remember before. I'm fairly sure because... 
I think Dave Filoni, who was the guy who did some of the original Clone Wars 2D animation yes, stuff. There was did. a couple of films. And I'm not sure how much he was involved with the 3D. He might have done all of it. I'm just not remembering correctly. But I feel like they've had some fun with the with an IG sort of character before. So right. they've already had some practices of how they move. I just yeah. When he started moving on screen, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've already seen this before. But it's, it's awesome. It's really it, cool. it is. And it's so spectacular in live action to see it. Yes. Yeah. Did a great job, and when I saw that first episode, that that fight scene, I just thought it was yeah. was incredible, and I thought, wow, what what a what a start, not just for this, but for Disney Plus, if that's the kind of caliber of yeah. action scene you're yeah. going to get in a weekly TV show. Yeah. And it was interesting, like that first episode, he basically he ends it by putting a hole in IG Eleven's head, yes, and then yes. by the end, of, which we've all seen the finale, right? Yeah. So by the end of it he's saying no don't don't yeah, don't go don't yeah, don't, don't blow don't. up don't <laughs> sacrifice yourself to save us and I, it was one of the more emotional parts of the mandalorian like mm. him you could feel him emoting under the helmet which is which is a feat in itself um <laughs> and is the only uh, character he, he um reveals his face to yeah that was really cool because yeah. I, I was thinking about it afterwards we only watched it just earlier today myself and marty and and i was like oh why why was he so like no don't go and i went IG Eleven saved his life right at the yeah. end. You know he was he was done well, for. He, and... He's he's given an, an, a different outlook on droids. Yes, he's had yeah. the whole series no droids, no, no droids, droids, no droids. Yeah. Get that droid <laughs> out of here. And then all of a sudden he he's been turned around by yes you can reprogram a droid and it can be done and it's a you know right nursing thing. droid that saved <laughs> his life and mm. you know it just it can be proved and plus it had attachments to the character that passed away yeah uh, got shot down so mm. yeah uh, Quill? which he came yeah, yeah he came back to Barry which was cool yeah. I like that little nod so mm. yeah that was a great character it yeah, was. just sort of the you know the, yeah. The old farmhand yeah. guy <laughs> yeah. did that excellent I've done thing. my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I loved um, Gina Carano, who, Cara, Cara June. Cara June was the character. Yes. She was the... The, the mercenary, the, the female, yeah. female, yeah. female yeah. shock trooper. trooper. Yeah. Yeah. She's excellent. Yeah, she, she, she was, was great. in Deadpool as correct. well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, right. yeah, I thought she was she was really solid. And look, the one episode that I just as as much as I probably need to watch episode eight a second time, <laughs> the one that really got me, I think it was episode six, which was the the, the train heist as we call yes. it. The, the, the one where he's, he's teamed up with a bunch of three other mercs who are obviously yeah, all bad yeah. guys. Yeah. All right, we're going to get this package. What do you know? It's her brother or whatever it is. They stab him in the back. And then, sure enough, he breaks out. And then as soon as he's broken out and he's in the control room and he can see everything that's going on, starts closing doors, I turned to Ali and said, he's totally going to Batman these fools. <laughs> like, pick them off, separate them. Yeah. The lights go out, pick them off one by one and then not actually kill them, just lock them up. So who knows? They'll probably turn up in season two somewhere. Yeah. But a lot of those <laughs> uh, characters were from the cantina in episode uh, three, I think. Uh, the, the big, yeah. Um, oh, really? Like, like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I never know how they're pronounced. No. So I've only ever read them. So like, yeah, the guy like with that, the devil horns. You know, yeah. They could have chosen anyone, but they, they grabbed... A, Characters that had a whole second yes. uh, screen, you know. Oh, I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. You've, nice. got a, you've got a Twi'lek in there. You've yeah. got some other. Yeah. yeah. So I like, uh, I like I like those throwback references, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they're good fun when you get to see a whole bunch of it's it starts to become like a superhero because like all these individual characters it starts to become like the original um, you know Boba Fett when you didn't know anything about yeah. him yeah. or you know the all the uh, the bounty hunters standing on the on the Star Destroyer and all these interesting characters and those guys obviously got we had to get backstories for them because they're all so diverse <laughs> yeah, and yeah, interesting yeah, and yeah. you know there were some great books 
on those guys yeah. and just you know finding out what they were into so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then and then the the final bad guy which is the guy from uh, breaking bad yeah and he's, he's <laughs> is he what he's called a dark saber is that what people are calling him ah. I, i'm oh, not sure he's i've got just the, seen the vibro sword at yeah. the end i've uh, just been seeing on facebook i don't I know nothing about his backstory or anything but he's a new character he's not him. like an established anything that you know uh, of? it's not familiar at all okay. um that that sort of yeah that you mentioned the sword it's this is sort of shows how they're evolving what can appear in the universe. I think those swords started appearing then the Clone Wars right. stuff when they needed, you know, they needed some kryptonite to go along with the, the lightsaber. Um, yeah. And I think that's what the Mandalorians or a certain selection of mercenaries had um, just so you could, yeah, resist it you in some way. Lightsaber blow, but, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's nice to actually see them doing the vibrating knives because they've always been a part of the universe. So, you know, other sequences, they're just holding a knife, but it's sort of wobbling around. Yeah. so you have mm. things like that and, and that's the other cool thing he gets payment in the first or second episode and he takes it straight back to his clan leader and melts it down and turns it into armor like, what, it's yeah. just so what cool. i loved i remember listening to i think breaking the panel and paul klotz in particular talking about that first episode and he goes oh i hope the rest of this season is him just upgrading his armor yeah. piece by piece because i've watched that and i'm like you are a prophet sir like, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a mech warrior by the end yeah. Yeah. and this is like the um the best Scar, the steel um because there's been like the, the whole evolution of like what a mandalorian is it's been like the way that's passed out through like i have to say the 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 expanded Expand, universe yeah. sort of stuff because originally Boba Fett he wore mandalorian armor and that was just a cool name and then they've sort of evolved okay what i think it was episode two we really got okay we're gonna say they're sort of this pacific islander yeah. Yeah. warrior race Samira Morrison. That, that yes having him as the the forefront and then okay Boba Fett we're gonna change his voice and the other films and things like that um interesting idea and building up and that really just opened the floodgates to okay we're going to build up this mandalorian culture and Mm. uh what that sort of means and this is when you start to get into an odd space with knowing the expanded universe because beskar was part of that so okay guys what's real what's not yeah um but there yeah there was some uh, fun stuff coming up with okay what what is the mandalorian culture and you know where where Where's the world come from? And it was interesting to see. I think they did some different things in this one. It wasn't clearly that uh, Pacific Islander or New Zealander sort of culture. Mm. Um, there was maybe more like knightly culture, yeah. English knightly yep. culture, yep. or something. You know, with the this is the way, or maybe even coming back to I don't know more Japanese samurai type culture. Okay. I'm not quite yep. sure. Yeah. Uh, along with this American uh, sort of troop of uh, you know uh, what are they uh, Navy Seal type look yeah. to them the guy with the Gatling gun yes. you know, you know, yeah. the yeah. sniper guy and you know all that sort of yeah. stuff so yeah interesting to see that representation yeah. of Mandalorians and how, how it's just constantly sort of evolving let's do some different things with it as we go whatever yeah. works and and then he gets the jet pack at the end I was almost ready for that missile to shoot off I'm going to lose it now you'll never find it we did note that on that last episode the opening scene with the uh the two speed bike uh, yes, troopers yeah. on the and they're trying to yeah, shoot that no. thing on the ground they can't <laughs> yeah, hit it yeah, yeah. i'm and like it, i'll try bang, bang, bang. No, 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 no. i give up <laughs> and then, that was 
awesome. And then they're like, you know, like the baby Yoda's in this satchel and he thumps the bag. Yeah. And so he did the first time, and that's the exact reaction Marty had. He, he had and, he, you and I just said, Marty, it's okay. Those guys are so dead. They're going to die so in the next yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And he thumped the bag a second time. I was like, oh, these guys are the most hated stormtroopers in the galaxy right now. Yeah. They even had a, in the previous episode, you know, there was something like, I, he used to be, I think she used to be a uh, sharpshooter, Imperial sharpshooter. Or one of, no, that was right. One of the, oh, no, it was one of the guys in the, the rogues gallery. It's like, oh, you know, yes. Used to be an Imperial sharpshooter. That's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a stormtrooper idiot. Like. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. There's one story come out of this that I've heard that um, the actual, the way them, because you don't see the Mandalorian's face, a lot of pressure is on how you move and how you act mm. and how you emote without seeing that person's face. And one of the stories I heard was that one of the people they got to originally consult on the film was actually, and I don't know his first name, but he's the grandson of John Wayne. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, of course, John Wayne, very famous for his cowboy films and, and being sort of rather stoic and all that sort of stuff. And they actually consult on him going, how, how do we, how does this, character who's a bounty hunter and all this stuff how does he move in a, how do you move in a set of armor and he, he had input but to basically say no change this piece of armor because i can't i can't do what you're asking yeah. me to do in a stunt perspective the gun holster's too low and that's right all that sort of thing and, and then he got so into it that originally it was just a bit of an, an unpaid gig it was a consultant per se and then they just went you're really good at this. Do you want to like <laughs> film some stuff? And he did an interview where he basically said, oh yeah, this scene going up the ramp, that was me. Uh, the, the flip side of this is that now people are going, well, how much of this is actually Pedro Pascal <laughs> under the hood? Or are we just seeing this, you know, a descendant of, of John Wayne doing it? And I think he was even asked in the interview, he said, oh, so, so you filmed that scene. Oh, so how, are there other like stunt guys? He goes, yeah, there are. Oh, how many? Uh, I'm not prepared to share that information which sort of and I imagine in, in a, a very action heavy thing like this there's going to be multiple stunt guys of course you can't expect Pedro to necessarily do some of the things that, that happen on screen but yeah an interesting little and you could get away with it because he had he had the mask <laughs> yes. so yeah yeah all good. Anything else to uh, to bring up on on Mando? Uh, I think there's a season two coming out. There is just confirmed two. today, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be less than a year away. We'll have, be watching uh, season two. Yeah. Can't wait. Bring it on. Yeah. I was wondering on. when they were getting to the end, and he's like, you know, leave me, leave me. Um, I, I was wondering whether we would have a different Mando for the next right. season. Oh, that could have yeah. been fun. Because for a while there, it was like enemy of the week or yes. adventure yeah, yeah. of the week. And yeah. I was I was almost getting like, come on, mm. we need, let's get back to the baby Yoda and everyone yeah. looking for him and things. <laughs> but then it circled around beautifully. And, yep. and uh, as a series as a whole, it's fantastic. I just didn't know which direction they were going to take it in. Mm. Uh, but um, pretty excited, yeah, to see season two, you know, be announced. And yeah. I think it's a, you know, a ca- like a money spinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So, so, they just don't have, you know, flipping it back to toys. They don't mm. have uh, the toys out yet. I know pop culture advertised today a, a slew of different versions of Baby Yoda, yep, yep, including uh, the Black Series Black and Plushes and yep. everything. But I suppose because uh, Disney Plus is uh, stagnant to re- be released Stat. in each uh, country. They haven't had the, you know, they didn't want to have the plastic merchandise. Yeah, there has been some Black stuff. Series stuff that was released, not Yoda, but um, oh, for, other figures, and, yeah, for other yeah, figures. Yeah, but let, let's be honest. If it, the, the two figures from this, if you were going to represent that show on your shelf, 
It's the Mandalorian with his little baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, the other figures are cool. Yoda. No disrespect to them, yeah. but yeah, no, no. those are those are the, uh, the key too. But you're right. There's still countries like a, a large sections of Europe who don't have Disney Plus, and therefore you sort of go, have they have they seen this show? And yet there's going to be mm. product potentially showing up on shelves. I think some spoiler product. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's right. seen Boba. You know, like sorry, everyone's seen the Mandalorian. You know, from the teaser trailers yep. and things no, and you never got a hint that a, a Yoda would be in it yeah. you know? well that, that was yeah. their argument when they were I think um, John Favreau was questioned on that going where's all the merch for it they go we didn't want to spoil it because <laughs> if they had timed it so that the, the, the Chinese factories were producing this stuff so it was there when the show hit somebody's going to leak that right yeah. so yeah it was, it was a good justification but it's now sort of put them on the back foot a bit so mm-hmm. yeah we'll see what happens alright um, we didn't do any scores, I realise. <laughs> traditionally, we, we score our sort of thoughts on films and shows like this out of 19 in honour of our good friend Davey. So still a good time. We've still got a good time to do that. We've still got, yeah, that's what I think we'll do on, on the way out. So, look, Rise of going flipping it back to Rise of Skywalker, we'll go around the table, give it a score out of 19. What did you think? Ben, we'll start with you and we'll work our way around. A 10. 10 out of 19. It stuck the landing like Game of Thrones, not like Endgame. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm going to say 17. 17 out of okay. 19. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go 14. It was fun. 14. It was fun. All right. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 15. There was some, some things I would, I would change, but I, I had fun with it. 15 out of 19. All right. Now we've just finished talking about it, so back to Mandalorian, reviewing the whole series out of nineteen. Where we where we sitting, Ben? Eighteen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Locking in eighteen for me as well. Nice. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go seventeen. Like, you know, there was, there was some interesting stories in there, but I, I'm keen for season two where they can push it, yeah. push it just push that it bit more. So I'm gonna give them a bit of space. They've got yep. they've got a few extra points. Rooms are improved. Yeah, they they sure. might have a bigger budget as well because yeah. of the success. Uh, I think they might. Yeah. That's true. That well, that well, that'll you, make it interesting. You spoke earlier, Marty, about. Your your love for Star Wars has sort of mm. dwindled. Has this has Mandalorian sort of? I think it's creeping back. Um, I think for me more than anything else, it's just an appreciation for what it's doing for the next generation. Because I think I've seen these stories before. You know, I've seen the versions of the Seven Samurai story before. Even little like, like episodes of the Clone Wars, they've done it before. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll be great for people who are encountering these stories for the first time. So I appreciate what it is as an object. I think for me, it's just nice that they're, um, yeah, it's maybe it's my mental space that I'm just moving away and it's it's becoming, I'm being able to see it in a different way. Um, But I think maybe it's just the, they've got the physicality back in there. You know, it's the touchy feelies back in there. They're getting the the feel of it right. The visual feel, uh, the sort of character feel, the humor feel, that sort of stuff is coming back to a resonance that I think makes a bit more sense. Cool. Yep, uh, I'm I'm going to agree with Marty and go 17 out, out of 19. I think there is room for to up the stakes a, a little bit more, and uh, see how we go for season two. That's pretty much it. I think we're kind of done here uh, for today. Any um, any special shout outs for anyone today? <laughs> Well, shout out to Marty, clearly. Well, nice. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming in. Um, yeah, it's been awesome to have Big someone who actually knows their Star Wars <laughs> compared to the three of us. Yeah. I think I actually got a reference earlier wrong, though, so you're going to get a couple of emails, no doubt. So we'll see, we'll see. Big shout out to our Toy Power podcaster, Trent, who couldn't be with us today. He's um, busy. He's been working in Melbourne, as people know. He's actually, actually in Adelaide at the moment, but... 
Stop Unable to join us. <laughs> yeah. Just unable to join yeah, us. Yeah, I'm in town, but nah, stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter power is important to him, but just not that important. <laughs> nah, we joke. We joke. Uh, we look forward to Trent wrapping up what he has to do in Melbourne and rejoining us when he can and appreciate his support in the meantime. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're awesome.